Okay, Jake Arietta owners, you are freaking out. And we are here to calm you down a little bit. Welcome to Wednesday's show, Grade the Trade today. Also, uh, we, we should be committed to this every day, I think. We're going to look at today's pitching matchups and tell you who to start and who to sit. Like, obviously, if we had done that yesterday, we would have said, no way, you don't start John Lackey <laughs> at Coors Field. What, are you crazy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so why are we gonna do this? We're gonna, we're gonna harm people's teams? Is that what you wanna do? We can name the segment that harming your team, but I think hope, <laughs> hopefully it won't be that way. Um, yeah. we got a lot of emails, fantasybaseballtbsi.com. They're mostly grade the trade and Jake Arietta freak out emails. Uh, we have Matt Harvey liking Cinco de Mayo. Is he still a buy low Scott way? Well, you can answer that later. Mark Reynolds homered again. He's a top five first baseman. Yonder Alonso is a top 10 first baseman. He homered twice. A.J. Griffin, complete game shutout. Rankings, risers, and rankings, fallers. And guess what? I asked Scott and Chris yesterday, hey, can you give me two rankings, risers, and two rankings, fallers? And Scott White emailed me this morning and gave me his two. And Chris Towers has kept me in the dark and still has not provided that information. Isn't that right, Chris? Yeah, well, you you emailed, you, you tweeted me or texted you. Texted. texted. You. Uh-huh. There's so many ways of communication. You texted me while I was at a Marlins game. And so, you know, I, I, I was busy. That's fine. Did you stay for the whole game? I did stay for the whole game. It was great. They blew a late lead. The Super Bullpen lost the game for them. Do you get angry when the Marlins lose? No. Oh. God, <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> You're lucky What man. kind of person would do that? All right, let's talk about Jake Arrieta. I promised the people on Twitter we were going to have a segment called... More like Scarietta. And here it is. More like Scarietta. Why is everybody freaking out? He was at Colorado for God's sake. He's got a 535 ERA though. 147, 1.47 whip. And the walks have been fine. 12 walks and 38 and two thirds, 44 strikeouts, but velocity's down for Arietta and opponents are now hitting 290 against him. Whereas the last two years they hit 194 and 185. Even last year, 194 batting average against and uh, 185 in 2015. I think people are saying, look, he struggled, especially with his control after the All-Star break last year. Last 16 starts, 444 ERA. Now, start of 2017, uh, right? Yeah, uh, 535 ERA. So where are you guys on Jake Arrieta? Chris and I were kind of tag-teaming uh, yesterday. All the all the Jake Arrieta haters who who came at us because we dared express... Um, some level of, uh, caution. Yeah. Ca- like, you know, it's just course field. Like you said, it's like, we always give pitchers a pass for course field because it's a wacky environment. Pitches don't move like normal. You can't expect a pitcher to be normal. I'm going to walk back my, my, um, dog. <laughs> I'm having trouble thinking. I'm trying course. to help. Eric I'm gonna Scott. walk back. I'm gonna walk back my uh, my enthusiasm a little bit today because and and look, strikeout rate is up from last year. Walk rate is down. Swinging strike rate pretty normal. There there isn't. I I I don't think like I, it's probably not going to be a problem. But Jake Arrieta's velocity is down. Kind of like I was saying with John Lester last week, except even more so. It's down a couple miles per hour from just last year. So that in conjunction with him having getting hit harder, having a higher ERA, 
you know, you could just dismiss it as Babbitt luck, especially since some of the bat missing stats are exactly what you want them to be. But it's a little concerning. I am dropping a little in my rankings, but the idea that, oh, well, he's just clearly not an ace anymore. I mean, with how few pitchers are capable of delivering what he's capable of delivering over six and seven innings, you know, the the whole changing landscape, the idea that we're not really seeing anybody emerge as an ace anymore, you're just not going to find... Like if you gave I, away, I, I think that you are. I issues. think you are tiptoeing around. I need you to tell me right now where he is in your rankings, and like I get okay. it. No, you can't like drop Jake Arrieta or anything like that. In fact, somebody did in in one of our emailers' leagues. We'll get to that. But so, so but, but what are we that, doing here yes. with him? That specific question yesterday. What do we do with Jake Arrieta? Buy low, buy low, buy low. Well, no, no, no. I'm I'm specifically talking about the rankings and. I can't really justify moving him out of the four spot, which is where I've had him since the start of the preseason. Four. Really? Yeah, he's been bad. Very high. I know I didn't have him at four in the first place. Well, I didn't have him at four in the first place either, but Bumgarner and and Price and uh Syndergaard have all yeah. dropped below him. Okay. I think he was six or seven. <clears throat> and then I look at everyone behind him and, and who the heck am I gonna move ahead of him? Well I'm not gonna move John Lester. Well, that's kind of what I was saying. You're, you're <sighs> taking it to another level in that he's still an ace among aces. I was saying you can only drop him so far because there's so few pitchers who are even capable right. of no, touching his nobody's, upside. Nobody's passed him for me. Maybe Jacob deGrom, but nobody in that next tier. I don't, I don't trust any of those guys to move him, to move them ahead of him. So what think, about, what about Carlos Carrasco, who's just off to a dynamite start? Yeah, this is, this might be the best we've ever seen Carrasco because he's gone seven innings or more in uh, four of his seven starts. He's, I'm going to have Carrasco ahead of Arietta, um when I get the next chance to update my rankings. Arietta will be outside my top ten. But the idea he's not top 15 or one, one tweeter said he's not a top 25 pitcher. He's not going to be a top 25 pitcher from here forward. And, like, no way. I mean, there. I can't even imagine 25 pitchers who, even if even if Jake Arrieta is just who he was in the second half last year with like a mid three ZRA and a 107 WHIP, about a strikeout per. I mean, disappointing by Jake Arrieta standards, but still with a lot of innings for a great team. Even if he's just that version from today forward, I can't imagine 25 pitchers I'd want over him. Well, I had him as a 4.44 ERA in his last 16 starts. Last yeah, year. I was I was just doing strictly All Star break, but oh, okay. depends where you cut it off how that number's going to look. All right, so bottom line is, we Scott and I together in Team Scam and separately have made a lot of buy low offers on Jake Arrieta just to see if the owners in our leagues are freaking out the way the owners on Twitter are freaking out. I offered, uh, I offered Travis Shaw and Alex Wood <laughs> for uh, Jake Arrieta, and that got kind of laughed at. But, yeah, that's too low. <laughs> well, we also, you know, we offered Julio Arias, who had a great start last night, and Patrick Corbin, which I also thought was too low, and it was, and it got rejected. So I would be, you know, it was one of these teams where the offer, the Shaw offer I made, where I couldn't really find, like, a logical trade, because I either have great pitchers or terrible pitchers and nothing in between. But, uh-huh. yeah, I, I would I would trade Tanaka. As much as I like Tanaka, I want to buy low on him. I would rather have Arietta. 
I mean, we all still b- believe in Arietta right now, even with the velocity down. Uh, we all still believe in him, right? Bottom line. I I don't view him in the same tier as I, I think there are three pitchers who are clearly ahead of everyone: Scherzer, Sale, and Kershaw. I don't view him in that tier, but I like I said earlier, I, I have a really hard time moving anyone else really ahead of him. Okay, now just to just to do worst case scenario here, are we seeing the effects of two straight postseason runs? And a deep postseason run, obviously, last year on Jake Arietta and John Lester and maybe even Kyle Hendricks. All their velocities are down. The the reason why I wasn't that concerned coming into the year is because I thought Joe Madden did a pretty good job managing their innings, specifically in the regular season. Like, Arietta, if you look at regular season versus regular season the last two years, he threw like 25 fewer innings or something like that in from 2015 to 16. Uh, so it didn't really concern me. Lester a little bit because I thought they pushed him uh, kind of hard in the postseason. But is that what we're seeing right now? Are they getting like are this is this the Giants rotation and Matt Kane all over again with Lester and Arietta? I mean, it's possible. Yes, uh, it's possible that Jake Arietta has some kind of unrevealed injury. I mean, all, all these are possibilities. I do think it's worth mentioning on the subject of velocity. Uh, I I think I remember reading the Cubs were kind of going easy on their pitchers in spring training, so it's possible they're not quite in midseason form yet, even now. And his two starts prior to this one, Arietta's velocity was the highest it's been all season. So there is kind of an upward trend we're seeing already with his velocity. So like I said at the beginning, it's worth pointing out it does raise some concern in me, but it might end up being not a big deal. Oh. What I what I would point out that might be a bigger concern is the fact that the Cubs had, uh, by defensive run saves, they had the best defense in baseball last season by a massive margin. They saved 82 runs last season with their defense. Second place was 51 runs saved. This season, they're about middle of the pack. And, you know, that... Partially, that's just Schwarber. <laughs> Schwarber. I mean, yesterday, Chris Bryant was out in right field. Schwarber was out in left field. The outfield defense was really bad for the Cubs, and it cost uh, Jake Arrieta if you were watching the game. Um, but I, I part of that's also, I think, just a little random. Like we're probably just seeing the two extremes of right. the Cubs right now, and if the if the extreme is a middle end, middle of the road defense, I think they'll be fine in the long run. Okay, so anyway, uh, to finish this up, Scott, we just got offered just now. We just got offered Jake Arrieta for Gene Segura. Oh, let's think about that. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to. We, we're going to have to think about that because this is a 16-team league where it's not like there are a lot of great hitter options available if we get rid of our only shortstop. So we'll, we'll need to. We'll need to think about that. I think we got an email from Ben, who's in a 10-team league, where he was going to give Gene Segura for Jake Arrieta, and I told him that was a fair trade. It is a fair trade. Yeah. So it really depends have, on your just team. Just have to decide if we want to do it. I was going to do a lot more Jake Arietta emails like Rupert from Scotland, who just offered us the deal in the podcast uh, for the People League, said uh, he wants to give up on Jake Arietta. Thought I was drafting Pink Floyd, only to find out I got bleeping Aerosmith. Uh, way to call that <laughs> one back. Topical. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but we uh, spent a lot of time on that, so let's move on and talk about the rest of baseball. And uh, Sportsline. 
If you want uh, some great advice on picking games, go to sportsline.com. Sportsline.com, it's $9.99 a month. That is really cheap for a service like this. $9.99 a month. Like, we got an expert, Larry Hartstein. I don't know how he did last night in the outstanding Spurs-Rockets game. Good for you, basketball. Thank you for delivering. Uh, but he was 10-0 and in his last 10 NBA playoff picks. He had a pick on the game last night. He was up 2760 bucks for $100 players. So we've got some really... Uh, we got some Vegas veterans who really know how to do this. Sportsline.com, $9.99 a month. All right, the big news for you. We got a lot of bullpen stuff. Matt Harvey, though, loves himself some Cinco de Mayo, and things are just getting a little hairier, Scott White. You still feel good about buying low on Matt Harvey? I still feel very good about it. Um, I liked, I liked one of Terry Collins' comments about What's what he said to Matt Harvey, and I don't have it right here in front of me, but it it seemed like the kind of thing that might kind of wake him up to the idea <laughs> you love that him. what you love him, you just well, love I mean, him. everything that has happened is has been spun as a positive on this podcast by you. I will point out. Pretty much. Okay, this is what this is what Colum said. I told him he needs to make baseball number one. When he did that, he was on top of the world, which is true. And I don't think Harvey likes where he's at right now. Uh, I'm kind of skeptical that Matt Harvey is all of a sudden like completely a different person, and that's why he's struggling to pitch. I think we're focusing on all this stuff because he's pitching poorly. I don't think because he's pitching he that poorly, though. That, he is pitching poorly. Well, he didn't show up for a game. That's not common sure. practice. Sure, but I'm sure it's not the first time either. He has showed up late once before. That we know of. I, 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 uh, I, I, what I can't stand about this whole thing is that nobody seems to just want to remove that horrible start he had when he shouldn't have been pitching. His numbers would be a lot better. They wouldn't be great, but they'd be a lot better. If not for that yeah. start, everybody's making out like he's having the worst season ever, and I just think if you look at the game log, it's absolutely not the case with Matt Harvey. I mean, that game's not the reason he has a strikeout per nine of 5.14. That no. game's not the reason he has a strikeout-to-walk ratio of less than 2-1. to one. But He I, was getting really lucky in his early starts when his numbers looked okay. He had like a, a Babbitt below 200. He was getting a lot of batted ball he, luck. He passed the eyeball test, at least if you wanted to be optimistic about him. He... he his stuff looks well, pretty look, good, and it's just not there let's yet. Just, let's just pretend like Harvey's season starts today, because his velocity was only back in his last start. It was never meant... Like, my stance on Harvey was never he's going to be an ace from the get-go. I was surprised how well he did that first month, and I thought, yeah, I mean, if the strikeouts don't pick up, it's going to be a problem. But the velocity has picked up. Um, everybody who got a microphone in front of them after his last start said this is the best Harvey's looked even though the results weren't great he still needs to figure out the command but he's on the right track from a procedure with a very good track record and this should theoretically make him more affordable because everybody's down on Harvey now I love that yeah I haven't actually been able to pull off a buy low trade which makes me think which makes me think people deep down inside believe in him as well but uh they're saying they don't. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. The guy's got five strikeouts in his last 17 innings of work. It doesn't matter. People should be down on him. It's it's not about what he's done. It's about what he's going to do. Okay, Justin Wilson is the new Detroit closer. Zach Britton could miss six to eight weeks. 
Sean Kelly could be back on Friday, not a moment too soon for the Nationals. They blew a save yesterday. Uh, Mark Melanson is on the DL with an elbow injury. Have you picked up Derek Law? No. Um, I, I did. I would if I had big enough need for saves in one of my leagues, but yeah. um, I don't think it's save opportunities. I would guess it's going to be short term. I mean, seeing that Zach Britton wound back up on the DL with a forearm strain again after uh, coming back quickly, I mean, there's no guarantees there, but the plan is for it to just be the minimum stay. Okay, yeah, I picked up Law only where I had Melanson in one league. Uh, Robinson Cano left with a quad strain. He's day-to-day. Mike Trout sat again. Dexter Fowler sat again, but he broke Chris's heart last night with a pinch-hit game-winning single at the Marlins. Uh, White Sox GM Rick Hahn indicated that Yoan Moncada is not going to be called up anytime too soon. Doesn't mean you shouldn't stash him, but don't expect it to be imminent for Moncada. Jose Bautista, this was an interesting stat. He snapped an 0-for-21 slump. And in 2015, he had an 0-for-25 slump in late June. And that year he hit 250 with 40 home runs and 114 RBIs. So I guess there's a little bit of a ray, ray of sunshine there. The only difference is in that 0-for-25 slump in 2015, not the only difference, but a big difference, only four strikeouts, four, maybe five. And uh, Bautista's obviously been striking out a ton. He's been terrible. He's interesting. I know people were dropping him. I picked him up. Doesn't mean I wouldn't drop him in some cases, but... Yeah, that's Bautista. Okay, uh, Aaron Sanchez could start on Sunday. Kendris Morales left with a ham- with hamstring tightness. And Ryan Brain, Milwaukee outfielder Ryan Brain, is back in the lineup. Tuesday standouts. Woo! Okay, Mark Reynolds keeps on hitting. Four home runs in his last four games. Joey Gallo homered. And he's batting 205, but he is the number six third baseman in points leagues. And remember, Gallo's got 14 strikeouts to, 14 walks to 51 strikeout. 51. And, uh, number three in Roto for Gallo at third base. And Yonder Alonso is now a top 10 first baseman. Two more home runs. He has started against the last two lefty starting pitchers that, uh, the, a- uh, the A's have faced. Good job, Adam. Uh, and Alonso has already set a career high for home runs. So we've got Mark Reynolds, Joey Gallo, Yonder Alonso, are you buying into any of them on a season-long basis? Well, Yonder Alonso, yes. He is the one I'm most optimistic about, actually. Yeah. Even though he's the most available, only 59% owned still. Um, and I know that was down to like 20 as of this past weekend, so it's risen a lot. But it needs to rise more. Uh, one of the most vocal, um, you know, obvious cases of, of success with this whole fly ball revolution um, tapping into power that he was thought to have a long time ago in the Reds organization, but never delivered in the majors. And, uh, yeah, I think he's pretty close to must start. I wish he was more versatile than just first base. It'd be easier to say then, but I like him a lot. The, the Joey Gallo thing, being a top six third baseman, despite hitting 205, that's in Roto. That has to be a lot of the fact that he has 46 combined runs in RBI. There's something weird going on with Texas where they are fifth in the American League in runs scored and 11th in OPS. Hmm. And that feels unsustainable one way or the other. Like the OPS, the, the team-wide OPS has to turn around. You've got guys slumping up and down the lineup. Um, but if it doesn't, the RBI opportunities aren't going to be there for him. Well, what do you do with with Gallo and Reynolds? Okay, it's like 
I can't imagine Coors Field is just going to turn Mark Reynolds into a great hitter. He just he he hasn't been he hasn't really been a power hitter for the last six seasons. Basically, he's averaged twenty three home runs per one hundred and sixty two games. I know only one of those seasons that was in his last five years. Only one of those seasons was it was a Colorado season, but. I mean, Mark Reynolds is batting 336 with 12 home runs. And then the other thing is, like, I know Coors Field's going to help your batting average, but it's turning him into, like, one of the best hitters in baseball, and he hasn't been anywhere close to that. So if you own Gallo or Reynolds, are you more likely to just ride it out and see where this goes or try to make a trade? I'm going to sell high, but I am starting to to give Reynolds a little more confidence with every home run he hits. Because it's true that while his fly ball percentage has declined every year, it seemed like that is really what robbed him of home runs even playing at Coors Field last year, and it's taken another step that direction this year. His strikeout rate has fallen even more impressively, I think. It's down to 21.2 this year, uh, when, you know, during his prime of his career with the Diamondbacks, his best years when he was... Basically, the hitter Joey Gallo is now. Uh, he was striking out 33% of the time. So that's a, that's a big difference. And if you're playing half your games at Coors Field making that much contact, um, it's going to lead to good things. Will he be able to be a 30 homer guy? Uh, well, you know, he's, he's off to such a hot start that I think it's, it's, there's a good chance of that as long as he keeps playing. Yeah, he's had a 44% home run to fly ball ratio. He hasn't been above 18% since 2012. I just, I, I look at him and I, I see someone who's just been outrageously lucky. Uh, he's not hitting the ball especially hard. 88% or 88 mile per hour average exit velocity. <clears throat> I just, I can't get excited about Mark Reynolds at all. I'll ride it while it's happening, but the moment things start to turn, I'm, 100% ready to drop. Now, it's him. interesting you say he's not hitting the ball hard because... He does have a 38% hard contact yeah, rate. Yeah, it's the highest best of his career. I think that... I would say that number at this point in the season is less reliable than the exit velocity numbers. Okay. Now, to be clear, because it sounded like Chris and I were giving contrasting opinions, I am totally on board with selling high on Mark Reynolds. It's just... Before I was completely dismissing him, and now it's like, eh, yeah, you kind of have to start him. What What about Reynolds or Alonzo? So I guess Scott's going Alonzo. Chris, how about you? I would rather have Alonzo for sure. Hosmer or Alonzo? I'd rather have Alonzo. I'd rather have Hosmer, but they're very close in my rankings right now. And if it becomes... 100% clear Alonzo's playing every day and not sitting against lefties. I think he started against the last two or three. Two. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, then that might change within a couple weeks. Okay, A.J. Gryffindor, 63% owned, complete game, four hitter, shutout at the Padres, and four strikeouts. And uh, Griffin has a 245 ERA, six walks, 27 strikeouts, and 29 and a third. Are we missing the boat here on A.J. Griffin, only 63% owned? No, I think I can't I think make blow sense of what face. he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like okay. it just there, there's no reason for me to buy into it, except that it's happening. 88 mile per hour fastball with an extremely high fly ball tendency. It just yeah, homer prone p- pitcher for sure. Yeah, <laughs> he gave up uh, 
How many home, 28 home runs in 119 innings last year, Griffin. So, and I think he got off to a pretty good start last year too, if I recall. So, Not quite this good, but yeah, he was, uh, there were people picking him up when they shouldn't have. Yeah, 64 home runs combined in his previous two seasons. Now, we're not that jazzed about A.J. Griffin. Let, let's transition to pitching here because who who from last night of the, like, players owned in less than 80% of leagues, if any, were you, you know, jazzed about? Like, Charlie Morton is so interesting to me. I was watching a lot of that start, and it was noted on the broadcast that Charlie Morton is top five in the American League in, in whiff percentage on his curveball. Mm-hmm. On, on curveballs, not like of all curveballs in the American League, he's top five in whiff percentage. He got a little unlucky in the sixth inning. There was an error by Carlos Correa that changed the inning, and, and two of his runs that he gave up were unearned. But he also got a little lucky in that Chris Davinsky came in and got out of a bases loaded jam with a strikeout and stranded three runners for Charlie Morton. And I just can't understand why he is faltering third time through the order when you look at opponent's batting average third time through the order, and it's still pretty low. Um, so, like, Morton... Morton, Eikhoff, Hector Santiago, he's got a 276 ERA, but he's starting to walk everybody. Kyle Freeland, Jarrell Cotton was terrible. Matt Andrees was having a great start before he just gave up a two-run homer in the sixth, couldn't get out of the sixth and ended up with an average start, but he's striking out a lot of batters. Uh, Wainwright's terrible. Dan Straley had a good start. Chris saw it. A.J. Griffin, Antonio Senzatella somehow is doing this. Tim Adelman. I don't know. Anybody out there that you think – Needs to be picked up is under owned. These guys are all available in some too many leagues, depending on you know league size. I think Morton's definitely under owned at seventy nine percent. I would go out and add him. Uh, I did that this week with two starts on the way, and I'm surprised it's that low with two starts. Well, he only has two quality starts all year for Morton. I and I just I feel like I'm flip flopping on him. Like originally I was like, yeah, I'm not buying in. I feel like there are some good things happening with Charlie Morton. Morton and yeah, 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 there are. I mean, the, the two starts before this where he had big strikeout totals in each, I think, were the most eye-opening. I'd hoped for better against the Braves. Um, in a league with small roster sizes, I could see him getting squeezed. But I think Morton, there's even better to come from Morton. He's kind of learning to pitch all over again because it's the Astros that revealed to him how effective his curveball could be, and he's working it into his arsenal more, kind of changing what he's been used to throughout his career. So it it, it kind of makes sense that there's some ups and downs. Okay. Um, and then Eikhoff. Morton and Eikhoff are the ones who I think are really need to be owned in just about every league. Eikhoff's last three starts have been awful, but after this one he said he went and watched video and discovered a, a mechanical issue with his lower half that he thinks he'll be able to correct next time out. And Particularly in terms of the walks, this was this start was just completely out of character for him. So I think he's going to turn things around pretty quickly here. And and Morton is a completely different pitcher than the guy he was before. And so yeah. that's this is a situation where he's added three miles per hour to his fastball. It's not like you can just look at it and say, well, he's got this long track record. He's a different guy. His strikeout rate's twenty five percent. It was in the small sample size last season. So I, I think there's there are reasons to believe in Charlie Morton. Still to come on today's show, we'll talk about Ivan Nova, Julio Arias, uh, some other guys who are owned in more than 90% of leagues and if they should be, like Jeff Samarja. And we'll do rankings, risers, and fallers, and grade your trades. And right now, it's time to tell you about SeatGeek, which I've done a lot. And more and more of you are downloading the SeatGeek app. 
and using our promo code FANTASY to get a $10 rebate off your first ticket purchase. The promo code is FANTASY. I am trying to get to a Yankees game this weekend. we got the Astros coming into town. would be very excited to see that. And I can assure you I'll be using SeatGeek if I go. We all know the best way to find the best price for anything is to do price comparison. But instead of you going out and searching a bunch of, a bunch of websites and doing the comparison yourself, let SeatGeek do it for you. Search for an event on SeatGeek. SeatGeek searches multiple ticket sites, finds the best values. Every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Look, you won't use anything else. I'm a big SeatGeek believer. I use it all the time, so give it a shot, and you will find out why. And our listeners get $10 off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FANTASY. That's promo code FANTASY. You'll get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Okay, rankings, risers, and fallers. Chris, you've had time. I have had time. All right. We're going to start with Scott, though, since you're in trouble. Wow. No, that's fine. Wow. Yeah. You're going that to the chokey. Little Matilda joke there. You heard that? You're going to the chokey? Remember? I don't know Matilda, no. I know Matilda. I don't remember that. I, I don't know it well enough to get references. It's the only thing I remember from that weird movie. So... Scott's got two rankings risers to talk about. They are both outfielders. They have about the same amount of fantasy points, uh, about they're half a point separated. And um, in Roto, Aaron Altair is much better than Matt Holiday. But in points, they're both about 40th at, at outfield. Altair better in Roto. Anyway, Matt Holiday, 58% owned. Aaron Altair, 33% owned. Altair homered again yesterday and is batting 343. Go ahead, Scott. Take it away. Well, I've been kind of a downer on Altair because I felt like he was just filling in with Howie Kendrick on the DL and was such a disappointment for me last year. I actually had him as a sleeper going into last year, and then he fractured his wrist or whatever it was and missed a lot of time and was never very good when he came back. Um, but obviously he's been great during this stint, filling in OPS over 1,000, hit a three-run homer last night, and um, he did some work this spring, I read, to shorten his swing in a way that's helped him maximize his power potential. I still think, like, I wish he was striking out a little less, but I don't think he's striking out at a prohibitive rate if, um, you know, if he is taking, making the most of the tools he displayed in the minor leagues. So I'm kind of viewing him kind of how I viewed Michael Conforto when he first entered as an injury replacement. If he hits well enough, knowing that he's the one with the upside, the Phillies are going to um, allow him to stick. Well, tell me where you're moving Aaron Altair, who you're moving him ahead of, that type of thing. Okay. So I am moving him ahead of... He's, he's up to 56th for me now in my outfield rankings. He's ahead of David Peralta, Brandon Drury, David Dahl. He's ahead of the Gardner-Ellsbury duo. He's behind, like, Cole Calhoun, Yasmani Tomas, Odubel Herrera. So he's not, in three outfielder leagues, I don't classify him as a must-own player. But he's must-own in five outfielder leagues and is on the fringes everywhere. Okay, that's Aaron Altair. Do you like Matt Holliday, the other guy in your rankings rising section? Or Aaron Altair, who do you prefer? I like Holiday more compared to Altair's 56th. I have Holiday 44th. Um, he actually has gotten burned a little in terms of at-bats because the Yankees, I think, have already played three series in NL Parks. Yes. And until the last two or three games, 
he had just sat those. He, you know, they've come to appreciate his bat so much that they've started playing him at first base during those interleague games. But he's actually a little behind pace in terms of at bats. When he plays, he bats third or fourth. It's been every day in AO parks, walking a ton. Um, you know, in the batting in the heart of that lineup. I said it yesterday. I, I think he's not only must own, he's must start. And, um, you know, hopefully 44th gets him about there. I have Cody Bellinger 41st, so that's kind of the range. Okay. Matt Holiday's 58% owned. Holiday or Keon Broxton, who is just tearing it up lately. Holiday. Chris? Yeah, I like Holiday more. Okay, we all like holidays. Chris, who's uh one of who are some of your rankings risers too? Uh alright, so one got a got a really from Scott and Heath yesterday <laughs> when I told them. And that was Julio Urias is my number thirty starting pitch. Really? That was before last night. I figure if he's gonna be in the rotation the rest of the season, then that's the assumption that I'm working under. I don't see why he shouldn't be in that range. He's got limitless potential he's been good already in his major league career when he's when we've seen him i just given how few pitchers anybody actually likes i think there's a lot to like about julio arias let me go classic rock on you for a second here for julio arias Ooh, blake snell because he's blake snell and he did he did have his best start last night that's a song but he's not blake snell (laughs) no well, he, but I mean, look, is he that much different? He can't, like, like I said, I, I mean, I brought this up the first time he made a start. He doesn't give you quality starts. Last night, notwithstanding, he doesn't pitch deep into games. He walks everybody. He doesn't. No, he doesn't have nearly that, the walk a, history. That's that's an does. extreme overreaction to the first five starts of this season. He walked like forty-four batters last year. He had a nine-point-two walk rate. That's a little above average. He had a nine point two. And look at it, and look at like Snell walked guys throughout his minor league career. Arias didn't. I, I don't think they're the same. My, yeah. The reason I can't move Arias that high is because I know like he probably is going to peak at six innings this year, and most of his starts will be less than that. Uh, and yeah, he might know, be maybe, a little lower in head to head. Maybe I'm making too much of that because it's a year where it looks like nobody pitches with six innings that consistently. But um, for now, just knowing that's that puts a clear limit on his upside. I have him quite a bit lower than 30th. Okay, yeah, so maybe he, he's a he, little lower in head to head, but yeah. like you said, is there anybody that you feel all that confident in going six innings consistently? Well, I, I just don't know that I feel confident in him going six innings consistently. Uh, but he had, he did walk 3.6 per nine last year and had a one four five five whip. So I was wrong. He had 31 stri- uh, walks in 77 innings, and so far. 10 wa- Where are the strikeouts for Arias, by the way? Is that a concern for you? 10 walks, 10 Ks, and 17 innings. I, it's three starts. I can't be con- 17 innings. I can't be concerned about anything. Okay. Yeah, I like Arias. I just, 30, 30, uh, kind of surprised me. But, uh, okay. you know, you know, I'm gonna bank on upside. It makes more sense in Roto. I think the Roto versus points, uh, yeah. thing is, is pretty significant. Okay, who else? Rankings riser. Uh, Marcelo Zuna. I, We've talked about him a little bit, but I don't know if we've given him the kind of credit he deserves. You know, we talk about everybody who comes on the scene and, and has a great stretch, you know, Eric Thames, Cody Bellinger, all these guys. And, you know, Marcelo Zuna, I've moved him up to 29th. I have him one spot ahead of Aaron Judge. And I know Aaron Judge has been a little bit better this season, but it feels like 
you know, so many other players suck all the air out of the room and Marcelo Zuna just gets kind of overlooked. Yeah. So Judge, by the way, is nursing like these knee injuries. He's been icing his knees for, I don't know, over a week now. And I might be starting to show a little bit of effect of that, but he was off Monday and off today. It is worth noting that like, Aaron Judge was a consistent mid-800s OPS bat in the minors while being pretty old for every stop. Yeah. So, like, this thing where we're buying into Aaron Judge potentially as this elite hitter, I I think I'd rather have Marcelo Zuna. Is anybody really right. buying into Judge as a, an elite hitter? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I am. I have him top 20 outfielder now, so yeah, like pretty I, close. He uh, had a I mean, stretch like this in AAA in June last year. It's not like it's like he's this brand new person. Yeah, I just, you know, power numbers are rarely very high in the minors. So I don't, I, I don't think that means much. They are for guys who hit for power. No, they're, they're really not. I mean, Joey Gallo hit for a lot of power down there, but that's kind of what made him such a standout. Yeah. Like most, Right, like but we're a, assuming a 20 homer season in the minors assuming, is almost like a 30 homer season in the majors. But we're assuming Aaron Judge is a special power. Yeah, he like is. That's the assumption, despite him never having I consistently mean, shown that in games. It's not just the, no, it's not just the home run eight. total that shows us that, though. It's exit velocity, it's home run sure. distance, it's right, scouting but, reports. But those things also are are prone to hot and cold streaks as well. I, well, he's going to have a cold a little, streak. I'm a l- reluctant to put Ozuna on the same level as Judge just because... I did last year and I got burned. And yeah, he had a wrist injury, so maybe that influenced it. I, I've never liked the plate discipline profile for Ozuna. He's a guy who strikes out a lot more than he walks, and that's, I'm always going to bet against that until it's proven that I'm wrong. So we were going to do followers, but uh, I'm going to skip that for today. I want to grade some trades and get into the rest of yesterday. And of course, do the Thames watch. Eric Thames went two for five with a home run. And he homered off a lefty, Drew Pomerantz, and Eric Thames is now batting 379 with a 417 on base and a 966 slugging percentage against lefties. Five it's only like 26 at bats, but yeah, it's... Five homers! He's holding his own at the very least. Holding his own? He's got a 1400 OPS against lefties. Yeah, no, it's just, it's all good stuff. Uh, should we be adding these hitters? Keon Broxton, 53% owned. Logan Morrison, 26% owned. Ben Gamble, 10%. Kenny Vargas, 8%. Tommy Pham, 8%. James McCann, 17%. And Mets infielder TJ Rivera, 5%. Broxton, Lomo, Gamble, Vargas, Pham, McCann, Rivera. Should we be adding them? If you could, if you could guarantee me that Tommy Pham was going to play Every day, I think he'd be someone that I'm definitely looking to add, but it's just like, all he does is hit when he gets the opportunity. He hits the ball really hard. He had, what, two doubles last night? Um, but it's just, it's so crowded in St. Louis that it's, is he gonna play when Steven Piscotti comes back from the DL? I would doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe Gritchick could, uh. Yeah, Gritchick sat yesterday. Yeah, maybe Gritchick could be the one who vacates when everybody's healthy if, if Pham stays this hot. Yeah, they had Gritchick and Matt Adams on the bench yesterday with Steven Piscotty on the DL, and it's just like, and they just have too many guys. I think you could make the same thing, you could say the same for Vargas. Um, and Broxton. Broxton uh, is interesting. I mean, yes, Broxton had yes. such a great second half last year. 
Right. I don't know why Broxton's in with this group. He's 53. He's twice as owned as any of these other players. So. All right. Well, I mean, it's all. He didn't yeah, get anywhere. He's, he's clearly the number one on the list. Yes. Yeah. Broxton is must own in five outfielder leagues. Probably must own in categories leagues. Um, strikes out too much, but we're seeing, we're seeing the upside to Keon Broxton now with that power speed combo. Broxton or Buxton? Broxton. Buxton's been really good. Like, it's really interesting how he might just need to, like, go through a stretch where he's the worst player in baseball history before he figures things out every year. Because over the last 11 games, he has seven walks, seven strikeouts. He's hitting 333. Um, He seems to have figured things out, but I'll probably still go with Broxton. I own Buxton in three of five teams right now, and and I am hoping for a Conforto-like... Please insert noun here because I can't think of it. But effect. Season. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. Uh, yeah. On my on my team. So I I'm I am encouraged. I thought about dropping Buxton, but luckily I I did not. He when he got hurt over the weekend. Let's hope this goes somewhere. Okay. Uh, skip around on the notes here. Let's do some grade the trade. The people have been waiting. We'll do grade the trade part one. Finish the show with part two. Jimmy Deeger is in a 10-team points league. Should I trade Danny Salazar for Noah Syndergaard and Carlos Santana in a points league? Would you give up Salazar to get Syndergaard and Santana? No. I think I would. I, I, I'm I not sure Salazar straight up for Santana is such a bad deal. So yeah. uh, Syndergaard is the throw-in. I'll, yeah, I think I'll do that. Yeah, I just... In a 10-team league, are you really using Carlos Santana? Like, you're using him as a utility, I guess? Yeah, you're probably using him. Yeah, he could be your first baseman. Let's see, he's... in a Because in a, it's a points league, too. I mean, that's that's his huge difference. It makes a huge difference to his value, what format you're talking. It's his stronger format, his but he's still not a top 10 first baseman. He's hardly hit this year, and I, I think he is. No, he's 14th. I just checked. 14th? Okay, but he has hardly hit this year, and he's been surprisingly productive. So, uh, when he gets hot... Yeah, I, I'll uh, I'll give it a C plus. I think it's a C minus. Grade the trade from Sam. Hey, Rudolph, Yukon, and Hermie. Okay, that's Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Is it? Yes. Who the heck are Yukon and Cornelius Hermie? and Hermie was the guy, the elf who wanted to be a dentist. Oh, okay. Give up George Springer, get Carlos Correa. Um, I think it's a C plus. It's not a great trade, but it's... Yeah. I'd rather have Correa. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I dig it. C-plus, give up Springer for Correa. Next up, we have M. Sheridan from... I, I Every city in Boston is not pronounced... Or in Massachusetts is not pronounced the way it should be pronounced. So is this Winchester or is this Winstershire? Like, because I've screwed up Worcester before, which is Worcester. Do I know? Do we know how to pronounce Winchester, Mass? I'm going to say Wincher. Wincher, Okay. Grade the trade, Charlie, Deshaun, Taj, and Steve. Is that Auburn quarterbacks? No. No? Those are quarterbacks. Wasn't Taj Boyd a Auburn? No, he no. was uh Clemson, was... right? Clemson. Oh, I I get Clemson and Auburn. Oh, this is Charlie Whitehurst, Deshaun Watts uh Deshaun Watson, Taj Boyd, and Steve Francis. I don't know. I, Steve, some quarterback for Clemson. Yeah, I was offered uh, Jake Lamb, Edwin Encarnacion, and Thames Watch. Jake Lamb, Encarnacion, and Thames. Damn, Ooh, son. A lot, of, a lot of power there. For Carlos Martinez and Josh Donaldson. Mm. Keeper League, by the way. 
I think that's a B. Mm, Donaldson should be back pretty soon, right? Yeah, but there's still not like a clear like he should be back within a week or two, but not a defined timetable. So I don't. I'm not as enthusiastic about Chris's, but just because of the injury risk to Donaldson, I think the other side, the Encarnacion theme side, comes out ahead. I'll give it. I'll give it a B minus. Steve Fuller is a Clemson quarterback from the seventies. Okay, you stuck so me. I was- I was right. I meant Clemson. Oh, is that what you meant? Okay. Tiger. Tiger, yeah, Tiger's that's, wearing. That's what I, and they both orange wear orange and blue. I, that's South. very easy sure. thing to get confused about. There are a lot of Tigers. Too I, many. I think you're lying, but it's a plausible explanation, so. Um, and finally, Scott from a city in NorCal. Grade the trade, Rick, Morty, Jerry, and Summer. Great show. Uh, is it? I, oh, it's so good. I watched 10 minutes and I didn't like it. Do I need to give Rick and Morty another shot? It's it's a weird show, but the last couple of weeks when I've been sick, I have spent my whole days watching Rick and Morty, and it's it's fantastic. You need to watch Brockmire. You, you, I do. Yeah, you got to get gotten, it. I haven't gotten to it. I'll yet. watch Rick and Morty. You watch Brockmire. All right. Scott. Compare notes. Yeah, you Scott, you can watch <laughs> – you watch break. You watch uh, Better Call Saul because I I like that one too. All right, give up Jacob Degrom. Get Mike Stanton. Still calls him Mike. Interesting. Give Jacob Degrom. Get Mike Stanton. Yeah, I don't see much upside in getting a retired lefty reliever <laughs> for Jacob Degrom. <laughs> um, I think that for Giancarlo Stanton would probably be a C. Just kind of depends on team need. It does kind of depend on team need, but I think this is a perfect like trade that would have looked worse coming into the year than with what I perceive to be the landscape change. I think there's an enough man outfield. Remember how outfield seemed weak coming into the year? It's like the deepest position in baseball now. <laughs> there have been so many emerging bats there. Um, I like the DeGrom side, I think, seven times out of ten, and so I'll give it a B-. minus. Okay. Uh, or actually, he's the one giving Dick Jacob DeGrom, so I'll give it a D plus. Anything to say about thank you for grade the trade by the way, we'll do more a little bit later. Anything to say about Justin Verlander, who is walking a lot of guys. Twenty walks and forty two and a third, career high four point three walks per nine right now for Verlander. Um I haven't seen anything to be particularly concerned about with him. Um well, I haven't done like a deep dive, but Nothing has stood out to me. Velocity's higher than it's been in a while. He was off to a much worse start last year. I just, I think he's going to be fine. He's, he's throwing just as many pitches inside the strike zone as he has in the past. He just isn't getting as many swings on pitches outside of the strike zone. That, that could be a sign of diminishing stuff, but like Scott said, the fastball velocity is there, so. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not particularly concerned about it. I'm gonna say I'm this. more concerned about Ariel. I was. I was about to say. Yeah, I was gonna mention at the start of the show. I think I'd take Verlander over Arietta. I still have Arietta ranked higher. Yeah, it would be tough to make that kind of trade. I think if you're trading for but, Jake Arietta, like I'm all about buying low on Jake Arietta. I don't feel like Justin Verlander is buying low. I think it's buying face value. No, pitcher for saying, pitcher trade when you're pitch, picking from two guys in a very similar tier. You're leaving yourself up to a coin flip. Yeah. I'm just saying I, that I, I think there's no reason not to at this point because Verlander was better than Arietta last year. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't see a reason why that that you couldn't. Uh, you could go either way. I just don't see there's a reason why you couldn't have Verlander ranked ahead. I I have total faith in Verlander right now, despite some ugly numbers. It's kind of like the group we talked about yesterday: the Tanaka, Carlos Martinez, Jacob Degrom, and we, Stroman. We kind of left out of that, but you could throw Verlander in there. Verlander's got a 4.25 ERA and a career high walk rate, and I still personally yeah, I'm not concerned. I don't have any more or less concern about Arietta than him. Um, Velocity would be the only thing that would tilt the scales toward Verlander sure. if rest of season. Adam, can I point out one player that I want to trade for in about a week? Yeah. Hanley Ramirez. Why I know I'm week? the Hanley guy, so that shouldn't be a surprise, but the Red Sox, I believe starting yesterday, five of their next eight games are in NL Parks. He is not yet ready to play in the field. So the Hanley Ramirez owner in your league is probably going to be really, really, really upset with him in about seven days. Okay. <laughs> Perfect opportunity to trade for him. Yeah, all right. I, I, I'm in on that. So over-owned. Are these starting pitchers over-owned? They are all owned in 90% or more of leagues. John Lackey, I don't know what the hell happened yesterday, but he struck out 10 Rockies in seven scoreless innings at Coors Field. Jeff Samarja and his 544 ERA. Robbie Ray, five walks against Detroit, and a career-high walk rate right now, five walks per nine. Ivan Nova, not a lot of strikeouts, but good production. And Julio Arias, who probably not. Oh, and Drew Pomerantz as well. So we're not saying Arias is over-owned. But all these guys are owned in more than 90% of leagues. That's uh, that's pretty good territory there. Lackey, Samarja, Robbie Ray, Ivan Nova, Julio Arias, Drew Pomerantz. Are they over-owned? I don't feel like we can be too critical of pitchers who've given the best versions of themselves. Like, the best starts for each of these pitchers, I would guess nobody on waivers has given anything like that. Um, you know, that, that may not be technically true because I know like Scott Feldman, who's highly available, has thrown a complete game shutout, but you understand what I'm saying. Like, even if the overall numbers look kind of crooked, there's just not enough upside available at starting pitcher on the waiver wire for you to make that exchange. So I don't know. I can't make the case that any of these pitchers is overowned. Even Jeff Samarja, who I actually I'm having dropped, such a hard time with him. Even I, I actually dropped him in a couple leagues and have regretted it since. I mean, he had the one great start immediately after I did it, ten strikeouts in eight innings. This one wasn't that, but but it the, you know he's this one all the underlying dominance numbers yeah. for Jeff Samarja. Even though it hasn't translated to ERA. It looks better than it has in years. 55 strikeouts to 10 walks this year. And a big thing with that, he has abandoned his cutter, which has never been a good pitch for him. No, but which it had been him up a, the, with the White Sox. But which had been a pitch that he's relied on a ton over the last few years. Yeah. And he's using his slider a lot more. The slider's always been a better swing and miss pitch, but it's also always been a better pitch at avoiding extra base hits, at avoiding hits in general. And yet he goes out, and I added him in one league this week for the two starts, and of course he goes out in the last six runs and seven innings. But but his last two starts. And it was four runs in the first, and then he really settled down and actually pitched really well for the next six innings. Okay, okay, there you go. And, and the last two starts, including this one that wasn't so great yesterday, 20 strikeouts to two to zero walks. I gave you the 55 to 10 number for the year. Um, you know, the swinging strike rate and all of that, it, it supports. We're very that optimistic great about ratio. this pitcher with a 544 ERA. And a bad career. Like, Give me a break. I just feel like what's really screwing Samarja 
is Samarja. He stinks. Is, is home runs. And he plays in the most home run suppressing ballpark in the majors. I think there's it's going a, to even out. I think it's I think a good be, buy low opportunity. I think he'll be good at home. There, I, I think there's a bit of Michael Pineda in him too. I think he's, he'll be good at home like he was last year. He had a, his ERA was a half a run lower in San Francisco. This is Jeff Samarja we're talking about. And this is the thing about Samarja. Like last year, there are six months in a baseball season. He had a sub three ERA in three of them. So he's gonna pitch well at some point, and then you're gonna start him, and he's gonna let you down. I, like I said, there's a lot of Michael Pineda in him. Yeah, yeah. But there if is. he abandoned the cutter, I mean, I the, think that's the a big one thing. year where Jeff Samarja was legitimately high end was that year he split between the Cubs and the Athletics. He went to the White Sox the very next year, picked up the Cooper cutter because Don Cooper loves that cutter, and sometimes it's great, sometimes it's awful. It was awful for Samarja. And he hasn't been the same since that year with that half year with the athletics. So if, if that's gone, then. Yeah, he's completely ditched it. He threw it about 20% of the time. It's under 1%. I would guess that's just a, a categorization error. Yeah. So. So, all right. That could be a game changer. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm even more encouraged after this conversation. Oh, well, that's good. So we've got a lot of day games today. All right. We can go through them here. Let's look at today's matchups. Gallardo Eflin. Just tell me if you are interested in taking a flyer, uh, or if any of these guys are starts. We got some crappy pitchers going early. Gallardo and Eflin. Mariners and Phillies. Eflin? Nope. No? Okay. No, I don't want either of them. Matt Kane, Tommy Malone. Nope. Jaime Garcia and Joe Musgrove. Nope. I'm telling you, man, they are just some dreadful pitchers today. Uh, Kyle Musgrove's Hendricks. Musgrove's the one I like best so far of the six week names. Kyle Hendricks at Colorado. Not no. at Colorado. No. Against Marquez. He's uh, gonna strike out nine and <laughs> Uh, Jesse Chavez, Andrew Triggs. I, Triggs is worth owning, but yeah. it feels like a little smoke and mirrors. If if I did own him, though, I think I would start him for this match. Oh, yeah, the Angels, the Angels aren't, yeah. yeah. No trout here, so probably no trout. And it's a home start. Yeah, and um, I have more to say about Triggs. They don't really have a lot of good lefties in the Angels lineup. Think about Triggs. If you've watched him pitch, he's basically one of those, like, side-army right-handed relievers who you think would be terrible against lefties. But he hasn't been. He's been very good against lefties. I'm going to go ahead and say that is not going to last. Lefties eventually are going to destroy Triggs. But he could be really tough on righties. And I think this would end up being a good matchup for him based on that. Uh, so, yeah, you could take flyer. Wade Miley. Oh, this is an interesting one. He's a two-star pitcher next week. He's somewhat available. And he's facing Steven Strasburg, who we're going to start. But starter sit Miley at the Nationals. 64% owned, by the way. I'm sitting. I am also sitting. Yeah, look, it's a brutal matchup. They're the best lineup in baseball by far right now. And he's uh, coming off an injury, right? He yeah. left, uh. Well, he got hit by comebackers. Yeah, and lasted two thirds of an inning because of it. So, that, that adds a variable that makes me even more uncomfortable. But with all the walks and just his track record against the Nationals, I wouldn't want to risk it anyway. He's 64% owned. Miley has Detroit on the road and Toronto at home next week. So uh, you could do worse, I think. Now we've got Salazar. We're going to start. Liriano, starter sit against Cleveland. I am going to start Salazar for sure. Uh, kind of on the fence about Liriano. I, I was forced to start him in a couple weekly leagues just because he was still on my roster and 
the matchups for the other pitchers are I'm, ugly, but I'm I think I'd, I'd lean against it. I'm sitting him in the, in the daily league that I own him in. Uh, yeah. Lance Lynn, we're starting. Starter sit Tom Kohler. Sit. Sit. Jason Hamill at T- Tampa Bay. Start. Mm, I'd lean toward. Like if you own him, I guess you could start him, but I'm not going out of my way to get him. Luis Perdomo for the Padres at Texas. No. Sit. Yeah, sit. Kyle Kendrick and Chase Anderson are we starting either of these guys as the Red Sox who are heating up face the Brewers. Kendrick and nope. Anderson. Nope. nope. Okay. There should be a lot of runs scored in that game. Phil Hughes, Derek Holland. Sid Hughes start Holland? Give me Holland. Yep. I'll yeah, start that's him. Fine. Matt Boyd, Zach Godley as the Tigers are at the Diamondbacks. Matt Boyd and Zach Godley. There really are not any good pitchers tonight. Crap. <laughs> just, go, just crap. Uh, uh sit. Yeah. Both. Yeah, I don't want either. Uh, Chad Cool. Cool and Kenta Maeda. I'll throw Maeda out there. Who is the starting catcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers today? Tell me that before I make my decision on Kenta Maeda. Well, he has like a nine ERA throwing to Austin Barnes and a three ERA throwing to Yasmani Grandal. Interesting. Yasmani Grandal is one of the best pitch framing catchers in all of baseball. It seems to make a huge difference for him. How about that? That's good stuff. This is the the year of the hurricane. Yasmani Grandal, Danny Valencia heating up. Yeah, uh, Yonder Alonso. Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun. We are the best. And the Yankees. Oh, what a baseball year for Adam Azer. So, any pitchers? Uh, no. No, we don't. So, <laughs> we've got more gr- trades to grade. And by the way, all this talk about the Yankees. Let's give the Baltimore Orioles some credit. Best record in baseball. First place in the AL East. Good for the Baltimore Orioles and big win for them go. yesterday. Uh, finishing up with, uh, more trades. Uh, where are you in my notes? Here you are. From Sam. This is a, an 11-team Roto League. Give Bundy and Mazzara. Bundy and Mazzara. Get Severino and Jose Abreu. Oh, I like this one a lot. Yeah, that. That's a B plus. I think that's an A. I'm not even... Mazzara might be droppable. In... Not in a, not in a five outfielder league, but... I don't know. Yeah. Who do you like better, Bundy uh, or Severino? Def- I like Severino better, which is also influencing the grade. Yeah, it's yeah a great I think that's grade. probably true. This is from Sean. Dear Jerry, Cosmo, George, and Newman. What could that be? Never heard of him. Do you know who George Newman is, though? TV car- or movie character George Newman. No. And Michael Richards is in this movie with him, oddly enough. George Newman is Weird Al Yankovic's character from UHF. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Love that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time. Oh, love it. Give up Altuve and Lance Lynn. Ooh. Altuve and Lance Lynn. Get back Kershaw and LeMahieu. So you downgrade from Altuve to LeMahieu. You upgrade from Lance Lynn to Kershaw. This is a Roto League. Grade the trade. I think that's a B-. minus. Yeah, I like it too, which, you know, I would have drafted Altuve ahead of Kershaw, but I think... um Reliable high-end starting pitching is worth paying up for at this point. So I give it a, yeah, B-minus sense. And DJ LeMahieu's going to figure it out, and he's going to be fine. Yeah, th- I think there's a smaller gap between him and Altuve than Kershaw and Lamb. Yep. John in Boston grade the trade. 12-team head-to-head categories league with quality starts. Give up Dallas Keuchel and Dylan Bundy. Get Max Scherzer. Woo! Keuchel and Bundy for Scherzer, yeah. and then he's got a roster spot to pick up Rich Hill or Kevin Gosman. 
Okay, so you're basically trading Keuchel and Bundy for Scherzer and Gosman. Or Hill. Uh, Scherzer and Gosman. I'll say Hill. Um, I'll <laughs> Scherzer and Gosman. So I think that's a <laughs> B-. minus. I'm surprised you went that low. Cause, um... Actually, yeah, it should be higher. I'm I'll the Keiko lover here, I, and I I'm, and I I'm, think it's a great trade. Right, and I'm I'm more with you on Keiko than with Heath and Chris Adam because yeah, it's B scam plus. versus yeah, it's uh, team, we're creep, team scam but, on that. But yeah, it's it. I'll give it a B because Scherzer's better, of course. Last trade from Dave. Grade the trade. Give Carlos Santana. Get Matt Harvey. F. <laughs> 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 no, I, I think that's probably a D, though. I really don't like that. Not a point. I don't. I don't think it's a buy low on Harvey. This is not a trade I'd be willing to make. So I don't think it was. Uh, I, I think that would have been a bad trade before the season. Yeah, uh, I will go D plus. I'm telling you, I shouldn't have waited an hour to say it, but it didn't occur to me till just now. I'll say it again tomorrow. Carlos Santana. Heath and I broke it down. He is so bad in April and May. He is so good after that. He's going he is, to he's going to get better. Buy low on Carlos Santana. Once it's a hot one, he is so smooth. <laughs> that was outstanding. Did you guys see that there's a Creeth Avenue in Jonesboro, Arkansas, by the way? No. You showed me. I yeah. bet people try to cross it and you guys are just like, oh no, that's not you're not. Somebody doing that right. somebody sent us a picture of the <laughs> uh of the road crossing. If that person if if that street sign should fall down someday. And you want to grab it and send it to me? <laughs> you know, that's fine. Good stuff. Goodbye, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>